Hi, welcome to Just Friends Zone. I'm Kevin. I'm Jackie. I'm Josh. Today, we've got another guest with us. She's a good friend of mine. We got to know each other and get closer through a short-term summer mission trip to India. She's a boss lady who can knock you out, currently finishing up her Masters of Social Work at USC, and she runs and writes her own blog, Beautiful Scars, where she opens up about her own journey and mental health struggles. Let's welcome Heidi to the podcast. Yay! Hey. Hi, Heidi. How Hi, are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Good to see you. I don't think I've seen you since um, before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. And um, we also used to go to the same gym. So that's another thing that we used to do together. She actually mm-hmm. recruited me into it and then she left. So just want to point that out, that that's something that happened. Yes, our, our <laughs> punching gym. <laughs> yeah, we used to go to a boxing gym. I actually ended up getting Josh to go too, but he quit too. So. Oh, no way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It was fun. Yeah. I just, it was just too much time. <laughs> hey, and it was expensive. And it was really expensive. Yeah, yeah. Super pricey. But So so technically, I didn't cancel my membership, my uh, credit card, or my, I got a new debit card. And then, so it doesn't accept payments anymore. <laughs> so I always get emails saying, oh, your card got declined <laughs> from, the, from the gym. So I was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sign. <laughs> they're just trying to figure out what's going on with you they're like hey uh what's happening i mean did they text you about it no they never reached out like hey like your card's like not in the system or anything no so every month i get a text message and email (laughs) from my bank saying hey your credit card was declined (laughs) so i'm like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) all right um before we start we should probably say this is not the same heidi on the last oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's important for us to point out so last time we had a guest uh we had a heidi uh that was heidi king um this is heidi kim um yeah so they're not they don't know each other in any way it's just a weird coincidence that we happen to have two heidis in a row um also on the topic of giving you guys disclaimers uh today might be a bit of a of a heavier topic we are going to be discussing mental health so if that is something that um, might trigger you, um, here's your warning. With that out of the way, um, let's get into it, guys. So, Heidi, um, mental health is something that's personal to you. Mm-hmm. So my first question and something that I'd like for us to begin our conversation with to help guide us along is what was the process of coming to terms with your own mental health struggles like? And what were some things that helped and some things that hurt that process? Yeah, so I guess... If I could condense my entire journey through uh, the mental health process, man, I think, uh, yeah, where to begin? I think long story short, um, I was diagnosed with uh, depression, general anxiety disorder, and PTSD in the beginning of 2018. And that came after a lot of years of symptoms but not knowing what it was and just thinking all right it's going through a hard time um and it took me quite a while actually to even figure out and put a name to what i was feeling and then after that to go like go through my own stigma uh facing my own stigma and my own beliefs about mental health for me to get the help that i needed and so uh, yeah, it's been a couple years now um, since the diagnosis, since I've been on medication, and a lot has changed. Mm. Yeah. And what was the second part of the question? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I probably should have thrown the, just the first part at you. Um, but the second part was, what were some things 
during that process of you coming to terms with your mental health was what were some things that helped and what were some things that hurt? Oh, yeah. Coming to terms. That was real fun. (laughs) (laughs) I was so resistant to accepting uh, my reality. Mm. And I think sometimes it still is hard, but yeah, at the time in the thick of it, I'd say what I'll start with the negative, right? I'll start with what was not helpful. Um, it did not help that the majority of my circle and my social connections also had no idea what mental illness and symptoms look like. Mm-hmm. Um, what didn't help was uh, coming from a you know, Korean background plus Christian background, it was like double whammy stigma <laughs> and <laughs> lack of knowledge regarding mental health. And so it was, I, I, I have heard so many times, you know, saying like, this is just a rough season. Um, you have to pray more. Um, I think as long as, you know, you have like a little break, you'll be okay. All of that. I think it actually made me feel more isolated because at the end of the day, my belief was, man, nobody understands me Mm. and nobody is taking this seriously. Mm. Like it's an actual problem. Um, And what was helpful friends who just listened, they didn't have to say anything, no advice given. Um, They just sat there and they were like, that sucks. (laughs) so friends who were just willing to be with me when I was really symptomatic and basically I wasn't myself like I was acting differently I was extremely um, like I would get really irritated uh, Mm -hmm. fast and I was just acting out basically but that at that time what I needed the most was people to just stay by my side Mm -hmm. so that was definitely the most helpful Um, and so in in terms of coming to, yeah, and coming to terms with my mental health uh, journey, I think faith played a huge part in it too. And it's kind of an ongoing process for me in that area, in the spiritual area of understanding like the greater picture of, you know, is this, does this have a purpose in my life or was it just suffering? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's been really hard and I'm sorry that, you know, there are people, especially in our communities, like we're all Asian American. I think like you were saying, it's a double whammy between being Asian American and being a Christian um, where I think both communities just don't understand mental health. Um, But actually like one thing that I, I, I think I'm always wondering this is like, how can we as Asian Americans move forward in uh and becoming better at helping people with mental health illnesses. Yeah. I think actually, I feel like within the past few years, it's, it has gotten a lot better in our circles. I feel like there is like this shift happening Mm -hmm. um, in culture. A lot more people are talking about mental health. Uh, A lot of people are sharing their own experiences about it. And there's actually a lot of Asian American therapists out there and psychiatrists that are available but I think just sometimes we don't know about it because we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to how can we as a community improve, I, I think the greatest obstacle is uh, the generation difference. Um, 
when it comes to our parents' generation, like they didn't have any of this, like it wasn't <laughs> existent for them. And I yeah. think the biggest obstacle that we face is trying to have them understand and also them to, for all, for us to also understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like as, as our generation is getting really knowledgeable and just more open about it, I think we're on a good track. I mean, we have a long way to go, but I feel like that's kind of a worldwide thing where the whole world has a long way to go in terms of mental health. But uh, even in the past few years, I've, I see so much more discussion about it. And I think that's great. I know you were like discussing about how, especially being Asian American and just your group of friends was kind of like, oh, you have to suck it up. What kind of made you go and seek help outside of your friends? Because I know like there are times where I have a problem where I struggle with like anxiety and stuff. Right. But when I reach out to my parents or talk to some people, they're like, oh, that's the same same answers. Like you said, oh, that sucks. Oh, you got to suck it up. Oh, it's just like a it's a like a season. Right. So what made you kind of like this not discover, but like, hey, this is actual real problem. Yeah, that's a great question. For me, I actually put off professional help for the longest time possible. Like I basically (laughs) exhausted all of my options, all of them. I remember I literally uh, wrote a list of everything I've tried to do to make myself feel better. Um, And after I crossed out all of them, right, it was like talking to this person, asking, you know, my pastor and reading a book, like spending more time with my dog, things like that. <laughs> I exhausted every single option that I could think of for myself. And I just hit a dead end. Mm. And I reached a point where I was so desperate for help that if I didn't get that help, I was like, I can't make it. Mm. Um, but luckily for me, I think the only way I was able to enter this realm of like professional help was because somebody had referred me to my current therapist. And so there was, you know, out of the dozens of people in my life who had zero idea of how mental health works, there was that one person. And that one person had a resource. <laughs> and that resource changed everything. And so it's crazy. Like if if there's just even one person who understands how mental health works and knows how to help others, that one person makes such a difference. And so it's thanks, it's thanks to that one person for me that I was able to even find help. Cause I didn't even know the whole process. Like who do, where do I even begin? Right. Like, who do I trust? What is therapy? <laughs> um, yeah. And so that was kind of what worked for me. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, I mean, I've heard the story already, but there's a really crazy story about how you, got to your first therapy session, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, I, I forget about it. And every time I'm reminded, I'm like, that is, that's nuts. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll explain the story. Uh, it started when I was in my last year of college and that's when my senior year, that's when I had really bad symptoms. Um, it was getting worse and worse. I had terrible insomnia really bad anxiety. And I remember my finals week, I considered 
um, taking myself to the hospital because I was just that not okay. Um, but despite all that, you know, for me, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let this put a pause on my life. And after I graduate, I want to potentially go on a midterm uh, missions trip, which is, you know, like maybe one to three months overseas in a different country, just doing ministry work uh, with the local church. And that was my plan. And the crazy thing is one day, you know, I was just spending the night with my roommate and she tells me, uh, hey, there's there's someone that I have from a from my childhood, my childhood friend who asked if I live with someone named Heidi. And she said, God, God told her to send you money. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay, I guess. Like, I'm not going to say no to money. <laughs> and so... And so I was like, wait, what? And she was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But it's like my old church friend. And she, she was just praying and God, God told her to send Heidi money and that she lives with, she lives with my roommate. And so I said, wow, this must be a sign that like God wants me to go on my missions trip. You know, he's going to like fund it. (laughs) But, you know, even at that time I was thinking like, oh yeah, most I expected was like $20, Mm. you know, like. That's the most that you would expect from like a Venmo. And I opened my Venmo and this random person has sent me $1,000. What? <laughs> Literally <laughs> one. Person sent me $1,000 too? <laughs> $1,000. Yep. $1,000 in my Venmo from a person I have never met before. And the only thing that the caption said was, I don't know you, but God does. Jesus loves you. Wow. And and right then I was like, I'm going to save this money to buy my plane ticket to go on missions. And it was sitting in my bank account for a while. After I graduated, fast forward, I was doing terribly. <laughs> my mental health had deteriorated so bad. And this is when that one person offered that therapist to me. Mm. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not doing that stuff. And then I said, I can do it. I can just got to push myself through fast forward a little bit more. Um, and more things happened in my life that made me go downhill mm. even more. And I hit a point where, um, my mentor at the time was actually like, Hey, remember that money you mentioned, uh, that you got from that person? What if you used it for therapy? Because one of the barriers for me wanting to start therapy was the cost, especially if it's private practice or you don't have insurance, it can get really expensive. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was like, I'm not going to spend or number one, I don't have the money for it. Number two, there's no way I'm going to ask my parents for that money. Um, And so my mentor was like, what if you use that for therapy? And I was like, no, 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 no. Like I need to, I need to buy that ticket to go on missions, you know? And then I, I realized at that point when I had no other options left, when I was to the point where I was dysfunctional that, yeah, God really did send me $1,000, which paid at that time for exactly eight sessions with my therapist, which is the typical timeline 
that clients have with their counselors. And so looking back now, like it's mind blowing to me. God knew that I wouldn't pay myself. <laughs> I would not ask my parents to pay. I would, I wouldn't ask anybody to pay for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, Hey, for you to start believing in therapy and that it works and that it's going to help you, I'll give you what you need right now. So that's my story of <laughs> that's crazy. getting free money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, There's times like that where I wish I had more like, um, I don't know how, you know, like prayer warrior Christian friends. I call them that. Those times where like, I'm like, man, I wish I had some more of them. Them owe me some money, man. <laughs> Like, I'm struggling out here. Can I get some money? I don't know, man. I have stable jobs since the pandemic hit. Yo, help a brother out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the outcome of going to these therapy sessions, would you recommend it to anyone else that's going through similar things that you are? Absolutely. I actually have adopted the belief that At one point in your life, everybody should go to therapy. (laughs) I strongly believe in that. And I think that's because I've seen how therapy changed my life. It literally changed my life. And I I could confidently say, actually, therapy saved my life, too. Hmm. Um, I, I would advocate therapy for anybody. And especially one thing that I really tell people who ask me therapy questions is, don't do what I did and don't wait until you're like at rock bottom. Don't wait until you have no options left. Don't wait until you're, you know, about to just not make it Mm -hmm. go before, Mm -hmm. go before and know that you don't have to be suffering and dying for you to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. You can be completely okay. Go to therapy and benefit from it. So yeah, I'm a, huge hardcore pro therapy, go to counseling. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I'm training to be right now. I'm in clinical social work and I provide therapy for clients. Um, and that's what I hope to get licensed in. So that's how much I believe in it, I guess. <laughs> Yay. I love it. I'll be cheering for you. Thank you. You and this is our first time meeting. You go girl. You got this. <laughs> Thanks. We support women who support women. Yes. Of course. <laughs> also, was there any like programs that you attended that helped with your mental health? Mm. Yeah, there's, I'm sure that there are so many resources that I have, I don't know of or did not know of that are available. Um, but at the time I also did try out like not group therapy, but there were support groups. Um, at that time, I was going to a really big church. Um, and that church offered like support recovery groups for people who were going through grief, divorce, um, loss. And there was a group specifically for uh, women and mental health. Mm. And I was... That's perfect. And actually the idea was given to me by my therapist who said, you know, I think it would really help if you were around people who get it, right. Who understand what it's like to walk in your shoes. Because at that time I was 
so angry and upset. And I just felt like nobody understood me or that I was completely alone in this journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he was saying, hey, you know, check it out. And I said, okay. And so I actually did go. And these were other women who were going through depression, you know, loss, anxiety, all different types of these mental illnesses. And we just spent that time talking and sharing about how, how it's been impacting our lives, the things that they've lost because of it. And we had a little bit of uh, like a Bible study structure where we went over a workbook called Living Grace. Um, It really broke down the intersection between mental health and Christianity. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I really heard anybody really tackle that topic directly head on. Mm -hmm. So earlier you mentioned that like when you're at bottom, you felt so alone. You felt like nobody got you. Nobody understood you on this side of kind of your journey and your struggle. Do you feel like that's just something that's like a, it's a, I don't want to say misconception, like more like a lie that you tell yourself. And like, it's also one thing that like kind of keeps you in that cycle of, of being, I guess, not in your best mental health. Yeah. That's a good question. You know, it's interesting because I see that statement, right? That belief that I did have back then, Mm -hmm. it was true, right? Nobody around me really understood (laughs) what was going on. (laughs) And nobody around me was walking the same shoes as I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really did feel alone. And that really did cause more pain. Mm -hmm. And so when I look back now, I still see that as a very real experience. Um, The difference now, I would say, is I've met people (laughs) who do walk the same road. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've met people and I've befriended people. We walk together now. Um, And these are the people that I turn to when I go through an episode or I'm, I'm facing some sort of mental health trouble where I go to them and I explain, you know, that's the good thing. I don't really have to explain. They kind of just know. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel alone. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's it's an interesting, um, I guess, interesting phenomenon where the people around you really do matter. And finding a community where you're able to relate to each other's struggles makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know this about you just because we've known each other a lot longer. Um, before you were at USC, you were actually pursuing education, mm-hmm. right? And then as far as I know, you stopped the program. And then I think like, I don't know if it was a year later, but it wasn't like, it was a bit of time. And then you, and the next time we met up, you, I found out that you were doing, pursuing your master's in social work. Um, yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. That was quite a journey. (laughs) Um, I pulled out of grad school for teaching because of mental health issues. Mm. Um, So at that time, I didn't want that. Uh, I was more than halfway through my teaching program. Mm -hmm. I had passed almost all of the necessary tests to be licensed as a teacher I was in the middle of my uh, spring semester, but my symptoms have had gotten so severe that I, I couldn't focus. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. I would have major anxiety or panic attacks while in class. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't f- finish any homework or projects and I just couldn't function. And so I reached a point where I said, I can't be a student right now. And so I pulled out and that actually <laughs> made me spiral even more because mm. at that point I was realizing, wow, my mental illness is taking everything away from me. I'm, I'm losing career. I'm losing opportunity. I'm losing relationships. I'm losing my sanity. I'm losing everything. And so that actually threw me into like an even deeper depression. Um, and so that was a really rough time. And then that was also during the period where I was still testing out medication. And so my psychiatrist had slowly been increasing my dosage, but nothing was helping at that point. Mm. And about a month or two or three later, that's when the medication started to work. Mm. And I finally would wake up and feel, oh my gosh, I'm not, I like, I feel different. (laughs) I feel a little bit better than I did, you know, like a week or two ago. Mm. And it was at that point, um, months, months later of just slow recovery, uh, self-care, just taking it easy that I finally reached a place where I was able to ask, okay, so what am I going to (laughs) do? Am I going to go back to teaching? Am I going to look for something else? And I realized that I didn't really enjoy teaching. (laughs) And I left that program with the utmost respect for teachers because of how hard it is to be a teacher. And I was just like, this is not my cup of tea and I cannot see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why is because I was looking for a direct way to um, a direct way to help others. But for not that teaching, you know, teaching is honestly like one of the hardest jobs, I think. Um, and for me, I just couldn't really like the lesson planning and all the administrative things and the detail oriented. I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, teaching kids. um, When I just really felt like, I I feel like this is not what I'm looking for. And so finding social work was actually an accident too. Um, I had volunteered with an organization for disaster relief. And when I went on a trip across the country to help uh, provide hurricane relief, I fell in love with that type of work. Hands-on, directly doing something to address a problem. And that's what brought my mind to social work. Mm. I was like, oh, like, first of all, what is social work? (laughs) And it's so broad. Even Mm. when I joined the program, if you asked me what a social worker does, I would have said, I don't know. (laughs) But it's definitely because, yeah, of that experience that I did have and finding myself falling in love with those values that I was able to associate those values with the career that I thought matches that well. Mm. And so I applied to USC and thank God I got in and 
I was really afraid that I wouldn't like it either. I was like, what if this is just a repeat of my teaching experience and I'm going to like end up just back to square one, but mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Hey. Awesome. So with social work, do you prefer, cause I know there's like, you can work with kids or like families or like older senior citizens. Is there like a spot that you would like to do or? Yeah. So uh, our social work program at USC, there's three departments. And so the department I'm in is adult mental health and wellness. Hmm. And so I've been learning mainly about working with adults, Um, children, youth and family is a different department. And so mine is mainly adults anywhere ranging from like 18 to seniors. Hmm. But even, yeah, like you said, uh, geriatric seniors, that's a different area too. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've mainly been working with adults, but I think that really is the population I want to work with. Um, adults who are diagnosed, you know, with different mental illnesses, have gone through trauma, things like that. So I'm going to pivot away from kind of some of the heavier stuff we've been talking about uh, for a minute. Just ask you, what are some things that you do day to day that you feel like you kind of not like in a checklist sort of way, but things that you do to make sure that like you're staying on top of your mental health or trying to make sure that you're, mm, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a great question. Yeah. I told, I get you. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> um, yeah. Day to day, like self-care little tidbits that I do. Uh, first thing that comes to mind is exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a scientifically proven (laughs) method of like natural antidepressants kind Mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I do try to make time each day to do some sort of exercise, especially in quarantine. Oh my goodness. I don't move. (laughs) I don't, I don't like, I rarely stand. (laughs) So exercise is, has become important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's one thing I do. Another thing it took some time to figure out what works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and as an introvert, I love to process through journaling. Mm-hmm. If I have stuff in my mind, I journal it out. And that's how I process. That's how I learn. That's how I reflect. So I, I take the time to journal, not every day, but whenever I feel like it. Uh, I put apart time to read, uh, like read before bed. And I make sure to know my limits in terms of if I feel overwhelmed while working on a paper or I'm doing something that's like business stuff. If I need to, I just, you know, plop on my bed and watch some shows. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of trial and error, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah, you eventually develop a, like a casual routine of, you know, I'm going to take it easy or I feel good. I think I could work on this and that makes me feel productive. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and video games. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Heidi's Heidi's really big on um, Animal Crossing. Is yes. That, oh. Yeah. I have a Switch. Animal Crossing. Love Smash. Mm-hmm. She's really big on Nintendo games. Yes. Jackie, do you still play Animal Crossing? I hop in every now and then, <laughs> but then it's like with my work schedule, I never make it to like the store before it closes. So I'm like. <laughs> oh. I mean, I could just like time skip, but that's not fun. Yeah, it's not the same, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. I got it when it was like really hyped. 
and I think I played it for like a month straight, and I was like, how tired of this. <laughs> it is a game about endurance for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to fish and to make my museum better, but I get the same fish all the time. Sea bass? Yep. Yeah, everyone's Jackie's worst island, enemy. Yeah. I, I went to Josh's island. I didn't steal anything. She's like, your island's boring. And I was like, whatever. Give me everything. <laughs> give me everything you got. Yeah. One of Heidi's friends, actually, he streams over on Twitch. And then so I was watching um, like her interact with them and they do like holiday animal crossing parties. <laughs> it's so interesting. That's so cute. Like I think they did like a Christmas one, a New Year's one. And like what they do is like, I think like they set someone to like organize the activities for the day for mm-hmm. that party. And then like they also do like a costume contest. So like Halloween, they had like, oh, like here's the category. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think the most I've ever like like the time spent on Animal Crossing was just making clothes, like making <laughs> outfits, like oh, like the custom designs. Yeah, the custom designs. Like I made a Nezuko, and then I made, oh yeah, um, what's oh, yeah. the other girl's name? We watch anime the butterfly here. girl. Uh, Shinobu. Yes, Shinobu. I made her costume as well. Nice. And I was like, damn, this took me so long. <laughs> that does all take the, a while. All the little squares. I'm just like, mm-hmm. damn. <laughs> Yep. Yep. We watch anime here. Um what is I was gonna say something and I forgot what it was. Shoot. I hate when this happens to me. Was it about our costume contest? No. It was it was a specific detail about you. Oh. Oh. Heidi listens to K-pop, so Ooh, K-pop. Yes. <laughs> She's um, a big BTS fan. Yeah, I actually just listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually don't really know much about K-pop. I I follow one band, mm. one group. <laughs> yes. Oh, you got to meet them. Oh. Not, not personally, but I was I was basically like, wow, this is the closest I'll ever be to them in my life. <laughs> it was an interview. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, you interviewed them? Oh no, I was part of like a small audience. Oh. It was an iHeartRadio interview. And so there were just like a couple dozen of us there. Oh wow! Yeah, and they were. I was like, wow, I could see their face. <laughs> they're not. I, I not dots. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was really trippy. Actually, I was like, oh, this is them in real life. I only you, saw them on screen. <laughs> are you a bigger fan than Kevin? Because Kevin brags that he's like top one percent of BTS. <laughs> <laughs> is that from your Spotify? Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two years in a row, baby nice nice that is impressive yep so yeah kevin and i we've had we've had multiple conversations about (laughs) bts so (laughs) we've had a couple yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) kevin shared his spotify playlist with me it's like like lists of bts (laughs) not even like songs he likes it's the whole album (laughs) because i like all those songs man wow yes Yes. But you know, like BTS has kind of slowed down their their release lately. So a lot more IU has come up, G Idol has come up on the playlist mm. now. So yeah, you know, I'm becoming a simp for the girl groups. Or whatever. <laughs> so what? <laughs> so what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so 
we're going to go into time of random questions. We call it rapid fire, but it's not really rapid fire because we do give you plenty of time to answer them. <laughs> and then we ask why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, they're not really rapid fire. They're more just like random questions. So I'm going to start calling it the random questions. I like rapid question. fire. All right. We're going to. All right. So it makes it, you know, intense. it's more like sniping, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, take your time. We take our time and then ask your question. But we make it think we we seem like it's fast, but it's not. Make each one count. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Welcome to the sniping fire round, Heidi. <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Um, so my first question for you is gonna be who would you ask to be your maid of honor? Putting on oh, the actually, spot, dude. <laughs> I actually have not thought of this recently. Oh, I have, yeah, I have a childhood friend. <laughs> oh my goodness. I hope she doesn't listen to this. I have a, <laughs> I have a childhood best friend. Um, so she's my go-to, yeah. Okay, okay. Do you prefer hard or soft cookies? Hard. Like crispy? Like, like crunchy? Yeah. What? Yeah, I prefer that much over soft cookies, actually. What? You just okay. haven't had the right soft cookie. That might be true. Let me let me make you some soft cookies, Heidi, and I'll change your mind. Yes, yes. I accept that. Yes. <laughs> Gladly. I had to ask because I'm stuck. I like both. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You can't can't go wrong with cookies. I think it depends on the depth of the cookie or like the thickness. Like if it's thin, then I like the crispier, like crunchier like textures. Cause it's like more like a cracker. But then if it's like thick, then I think you have to have it shit like soft. Or like fluffy cookies. Yeah. yeah. Those are great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. What would your last meal be? Korean barbecue. Yeah. Like all <laughs> Korean, Korean barbecue. barbecue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Do you have a favorite Korean barbecue spot? Uh, no. I don't, wow. actually. There's so many favorite. good ones. Do you have a least favorite spot? Anywhere that um, does $10 all you can eat. <laughs> I don't trust that. <laughs> That's fair. That's actually really fair. I don't trust. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't trust that. What's the minimum? What's the minimum price that you trust? Ooh. Everything went up. Yeah, everything did everything go up. Went mm-hmm. up. Probably like $17, $18, you know, like right below 20 Yeah, that's solid. That's solid. <laughs> yeah. C menu. Yeah, C, C menu. menu. <laughs> C menu. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. All right, Heidi, this one's... All right, you ready? What skill are you most proud of? I can type really fast. Oh. Like, how have many? you done the, the typing? Oh, yeah. Have you done? I was over, like, how many words per second? Yeah. I mean, how not more per second per minute? <laughs> Some, I think it was, like, 138. Holy. Jeez. That's more than two words per second. Why are you playing Animal Crossing? <laughs> Play some competitive games or something. I you play actually... competitive Animal Crossing. <laughs> That's why she has those costume contests. <laughs> I know. She's like, I, I, I grind for turnips. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. That APM though, dude. <laughs> Jeez. That's, a, that's fast. That's fast. I think mine is like barely like 70. <laughs> Mine's between like, yeah, 60 to 70. Mine's like 70 with a lot of mistakes. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> Do you prefer dogs or cats? Dogs that forever. A, that was a rapid fire question. <laughs> that was a rapid fire one. 
<laughs> Do you have any dogs? I have a very old dog. She's turning 17 soon. Wow. Um, I got her when I was 10. <laughs> yeah, her name's Coco. Mm. What kind of dog? She's half Cocker Spaniel and half Shih Tzu. Cute. Yeah. She has her own Facebook page and uh, Instagram. <laughs> Actually, she does not have Instagram, but yes, she does have Facebook. Oh, really? Facebook page? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys are all welcome to add her. I think, Kevin, you're already friends. so <laughs> I might be. Coco right Kim. Yeah, Coco Coco Kim. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's a boomer dog. <laughs> no Instagram. <laughs> Facebook, no Instagram. That's a boomer, yep. <laughs> She, she is a grandma she is uh what's your go-to boba drink i love anything black sugar boba milk tea black sugar yeah that's like a thing? brown sugar is it brown sugar i thought it was brown sugar oh shoot <laughs> I, I obviously don't know my favorite drink <laughs> i guess it is brown sugar she goes to boba shop gonna get the black sugar huh huh <laughs> okay brown sugar boba milk tea what I swear. I, I mean, there's a good. black milk tea. It could be brown sugar, black milk tea. That could be a thing. No, I think you guys are right. I think it's brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> All right. This has been fun. Thanks for coming on, Heidi. Thanks for having me. Yes. This was really fun. Yeah, yeah it was nice meeting you. Yeah, really nice meeting you, too. Yeah. So before we close out, is there anything you want to say to the listeners? Hmm. I think any last remarks to listeners would be if you are facing some sort of uh, mental health difficulty or you don't feel okay, um, there's a lot of help for you. There's a lot of help available and you're not alone. And so um, reach out to somebody and yeah, even reach out to me. Um, If there's some way I could like leave my info with you guys like i could do that too but there's always help available and there's a lot out there so yeah yeah so um like i said in the intro um you can find heidi at um at her blog beautiful scars um spelled exactly like it sounds beautiful scars Mm. um you can follow her mental health journey and um her instagram is at heidi kim so you can always dm her there um reach her there um if you do need her help um also all any of us are available you can message directly at the uh the podcast or you can message any of us we're all here for you we'd all love to um, sit down and listen thanks for listening this has been really fun yeah i'll see you next week goodbye peace out